You are listening to the Therefore I Geek podcast, episode number 45. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore a Geek. I'm Andrew. And I'm Tracy. And I'm Kurt. And today we are uh, joined by science fiction author and executive producer of Con Men, PJ Harzma. Hey, guys. How are you? We're good. We're good. Thank you so much for joining us. We're, uh, hey, thank you for having me. So I think to, uh, to get started, um, why don't you t- tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, some, of the, some of your work? Um, well, as you mentioned, uh, I'm a sci-fi author. I wrote the uh, Softwire series. It's a, a four-book series about these group of kids that get orphaned in outer space and sold as slaves to aliens. Uh, it's a really uh, uplifting family story that uh, that I based on my discovery of an alien when I was a kid. At least I tell everybody that. <laughs> um, that sounds fun. You what? <laughs> My my uh, my writing came out of uh, out of working in advertising for so long, and it was sort of getting burnt out. And I was writing to sort of find a way to get clarity and, and get my creative juices back, and and more you know therapy really. And, uh, the books came out of that, and uh, I uh, I went into that pretty much full time for a while. But it's really hard nowadays to make money as a as an author, so advertising dragged me back in, and uh, and this time I went back in the agency side as a producer. Before I had run my own production company and developed some television and film, and and uh, when I came back this time, I went on the agency side, and I was sort of over there, and Nathan and Alan and everybody was, like, oh, what are you doing? What are you guys doing? What are you doing? You still you're working on? And uh, They've been talking about Conan for a while, going back and forth, and then when I was ready to, you know, ready to go do it, you know, Alan asked me to, you know, would I, would I think about leaving advertising again and come back and, and help him get this done? And I said, absolutely. Nice. Yeah, I think we, can, I think pretty well everyone can can uh, relate to the the idea of you know trying to find clarity and whatnot, uh, especially with our job. I know. Uh, the the blog and the podcast for us was kind of a birth out of uh, some soul crushing times at work for me. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, and you know, the, being the person always carrying the flag sometimes gets tiring, and you know, you switch and you try different things, and you tend to come back to the things you love. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that pitch that Alan made to you? That must have been an awesome pitch. I'm making con man. Will you do it for me? You don't really have a choice. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll do that. Nice. And then there was also the idea that the world which my books are uh, written in was going to be the backdrop for the story within the story spectrum, which is the what the lost, sorry, not the lost, it's what the canceled television show was based on. 
Oh, so okay. uh, we took the world, the Rings of Orbis world, and a couple of the characters like Chishiria uh, and the New Walkers, and, and we brought those into the sort of parallel story that is Spectrum, the, not a prequel or a sequel, just another story within that world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that came with, with me as a producer, came the rights to use that. And I'm right now, I'm sitting here writing the comic book and, uh, going through the, you know, notes of the old world and seeing what pieces I can use. This is the, uh, the spectrum, uh, comic book. Yeah. Yeah. The spectrum comic book. Very cool. Nice. When is the, when are we looking at uh, having that out? I'm, I'm under a, I'm under a, uh, a press embargo okay. for an announcement that we're making about the comic book. It'll be a really big announcement, especially for the comic book people. Uh, and we'll have that announcement, I think, first or second week in December. So okay. uh, there, there'll be a big announcement about when that, uh, what's, what's happening with that, and then it'll be out in May. Okay, so yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that and uh, keep our listeners uh, up to date. There's lots of fun though. The comic books are, are they're, they're different. You know, you have to you, you have to write visually as well as putting the prose down because you got to look at the panels and the movements and what you're going to show and what you can't show and how much space you have and how much story you got to get out and action versus that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I've heard a lot of authors have had a difficult time transitioning from written prose to to writing a comic script. I've heard specifically kind of that, those kind of reasons. Yeah, it's uh, it's tricky. And then Al and I are going back and forth, and he's over there shooting Star Wars right now, and they're working him like a dog right now, so I can't get his input. And I'm sitting there going, God, I need to speak to him and try to calculate the time in England. And it's like, where are you? You're still on set? My God, those slave drivers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I know you, you talked about this in <clears throat> in a couple of different interviews, but kind of what what was the process that led you guys to doing you know, crowdfunding as opposed to kind of a regular funding source for for a, a show of this kind? Um, the sorry, I'm actually just got a hold of him. He just texted me from set and told me he'd be back to his room in an hour. So that's me an hour. Okay, good. Um, you know, Al, Alan and I had shopped it around and you know we wanted to go with traditional routes and what would be I guess two and a half years ago now crowdfunding still had a stigma attached to it for any sort of entertainment project sort of had that idea that that you know oh you can't get it made type five and, and you know we were sensitive to that but we were meeting with these people in these tradition tradition traditional companies and Although they're great people, and although you know we love working with them, we just couldn't find people that got it. They they would be they would have discussions with us like, oh, my son goes to those cons. Oh yeah, lots of crazy nerds there, right? And, but they would say nerds in a way like, like, like aren't I hip and cool because I know that, or in a negative way. And Alan in particular was very nervous that they were going to do a disservice to the fans, uh, which is, you know, Nathan and Alan, I don't want to say bread and butter, but they're very close to their heart. And the idea of, of getting into an environment, a work environment where that might be at odds 
to the, the vision just, you know, was not possible. Like we couldn't risk that. So we, 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 we played it a little bit with them a little bit. And then I remember I was in the car with Alan and we were driving to the meeting that we were going to kind of sign over and go jump into bed with these guys. And I could tell Alan was really in a, not a good headspace about it. And I was like, listen, we don't have to do this. We can crowdfund this. We have a big enough fan base. They love what you guys do. Let, let's do it. We'll do it your way. And uh, he looked at me and he was really, and I go, yeah, buddy, I'll do it. I'll create this bubble and you can just go and, and, and do the show you want to do. And I'll protect you in this bubble. And he looked at me and we turned the car around and we were crowdfunding two weeks later. That's it's insane. A, I was say it's a hell of a bubble you guys created. <laughs> you got our money. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I mean. Pull that bubble up sometimes, but my God, it was, uh, it was a great experience. We're big fans, obviously. The, the second that we saw that this was a thing, first of all, it went up on our Facebook page and you know, we got a whole bunch of comments and we were all chattering and that kind of thing. But I mean, what were your expectations going in? Did you expect it to be this? Well, you know, I, I had Nathan and Alan. I mean, I knew, I knew it was that alone was going to make my job a little easier, especially getting press and, 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 and the sort of traditional ways to speak out to people. But I'm a, I'm a big believer that community is so important to any endeavor that you're going to launch. And, and, and I saw that they had a community. So I knew that, that that community would be excited, but how was I going to sustain this for 30 days? Like how was I going to keep it going? And I, I really worked at the emotional triggers within that community and use those to keep the conversation going. So, you know, I relied heavily on the fact that Firefly got canceled and I relied heavily on the fact that the, one of the beloved characters, um, uh, Wash got killed. So if too you soon. notice, yeah, we used the hashtag <laughs> too soon. We had a lot of reference to being canceled. We had a lot of references of the character dying. And what that did is it hit a chord with the fans and they just sent out everything. Every piece that we put out went viral. So uh, they, the community really responded well to it. So they were being spoken to, you know, in a real truly uh, fan-based manner. And then we were extremely transparent. We were transparent at every level because you know, we wanted to make them know, you know, sure that we're going to do something good with their money. And, uh, and I think we delivered on that. And, uh, and the problem now is, is that we did the show before the perk. Now we're trying to catch up with <laughs> the perk. So there's 46,000 people you got to send perks out to. The logistics wow. of that are insane. You know, we saw, I, yeah. We saw the video of, of Alan trying to sign things posters I, I i'm assuming that my poster is in that stack somewhere uh, yeah, and that and that and that video that he signed was only four thousand of twelve thousand posters he had to sign that video was wow. a third oh my wow. god is he gonna get a bionic hand i mean he's in star wars uh, so it's you know so it's just the logistics of that and then people getting their information wrong and then just and then when you send out forty six thousand emails every Every mail service thinks it's spam. So when we send out the codes for oh. Vimeo, they go into people's junk mail or promotion mail, and they're yelling at us that they don't have their codes or 
uh, you know, and we're like, well, you know, we sent here, we sent it again, and and it, it was just this, there's a there's a just a customer service nightmare that comes with it, and we're not we're filmmakers, we're not we're storytellers. We're, we don't know, we don't have the bandwidth nor the knowledge of how to to, to take that you know customer service to the next level, but. Fortunately, the fans have all been super, super awesome. There's only been a couple that that have gotten cranky and tried to fix it fast. Um, but uh, it's it's that's been the biggest hurdle out of everything is just being able to get all these perks out the door. Yeah, so I've I've heard people have done like Kickstarters and Indiegogo projects for like comic books. You know, they've got to send out 400 comics, and they're they're talking about how it how killer it is i can't imagine twelve thousand posters yeah plus t-shirts i can't even you know i can't even i can't even imagine twelve thousand posters just like sitting in a room like that just that number blows my mind it's uh it you got to see the what is it three thousand buttons that are sitting in my office right now (laughs) no buttons take up so many damn boxes Um, that's crazy it's nuts it's nuts, uh, but we're close. We're so close. I'm just waiting on these lanyards that we promised for a little glitch that we did. So I'm waiting for those to come, and I'm waiting for to get my hands on the book plates for the signed Firefly books, and then I can get all that over to Amplifier, who's sending stuff out, and they should start shipping, you know, end of November, beginning of December. The other problem is, is that almost 20% of the people that pledged have not verified their information. Still? Still. It's been over a month now since, what, you had a problem with a third of the people, right? Yeah, so we're going to cut it off as of the 25th of November, and if you didn't update it by the 25th, then you have to wait until the next time they ship, and I can't tell you when that will be. Sure. So, so you know, because the people are just waiting too long for these other mm-hmm. people to, to finish this, so we're just like, you know, we'll do a couple... We'll do like we'll do one giant one, and then that'll make all the people that come out and complain that they didn't get it. They well, okay, now go to your pledge manager, and they'll do that, and then we'll schedule another shipping period. And we'll probably have to do a few of them just to get all the last stragglers in. And uh, and uh, and the DVD, I wanted the DVD to get out before Christmas, but I just can't get Nathan and Alan together to do the commentary track because you know Alan's in London and it's shooting on a different schedule and. Nathan's on Castle, which is a different schedule, and it's just we may have to wait till Alan gets back in January to record the commentary tracks to put on the DVD. Let's send that in January. Sure. So, nice. So well, that will probably end up, end up happening for the DVD. To that last 20% of people who refuse to get back, I might say, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're probably going to say that to me when they, when they wait for the stuff that they can <laughs> <laughs> so you, you guys originally planned for uh, what four hundred twenty-five thousand, and you ended up raising three point two million. When, when you guys got that that significantly increased amount of funding, how did that change the kind of the scope and and the vision for the project? Well, we 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 had cold. We knew we needed one point two million dollars to make the series, and we had cold feet about asking for that much. Literally a couple of days before we launched. So we said, listen, it was written in, in 4.30, like 4.30 minutes ago. So let's, let's try to get the first three 10-minute episodes done. And then in the worst case scenario, we'll use that as sort of like a pilot. And, and then 
go back out again. Like, let's let's it. so at least we'll have that. And uh, and that was our goal. And I and I had you know those goal videos set up, and if you remember those, and I had all this content ready and edited and to go up as we hit goals and and go out throughout the month. Well, we opened it up in the morning and we hit we were hitting the goal so fast that I couldn't get the videos I couldn't finish the videos fast enough. So it was it was we just you like every time every hundred grand we're supposed to put up a goal video. By the time the, the we'd hit the fifth goal and I was still trying to make the fourth video. It was it was wow. just that first day was insane. And and then we got to a million dollars by the end of the day. And we have 1.5 million at the end of the second day. And then Nathan and Alan were like, well, we're done. We're, we're done. And we got all the money. I can't ask for any more money. Why, why would I ask for more money? And I was, well, I still have to sit here for 29 more days <laughs> and, deal, and deal with this. And then money's not stopping. We better figure out something fast. And, uh, and this is where I... They brought in the idea of all the different media, and because I'm a strong believer nowadays, if you're trying to launch something, you have to create this, you know, vertical brand that has all these different touch points where people can come in. And uh, and you know, I said to Alan, I go, look, now's the time. Let's let's put a goal up for the comic book. Let's put a goal up for the book series. And then my my one that I wanted so bad that I was waiting in the background as the money kept coming in was the video game and the, you know the Con Man video game. It's absolutely stunning. It's so much fun. We've got builds that we're getting right now, and that was the last of the goals. Uh, but the problem was is that it was to keep the guys talking about it. They were really sensitive about asking the fans for money. So fortunately, I had enough footage around that I could build videos together and, and but they wouldn't ask for any more money if you notice the videos at the end were thank you videos and I, I can respect that they they you know they really felt I think that some people that may greedier people or people that may been a little you know had no scruples would have just kept asking for money and kept on going because I think you, we could have made way more than 3.2 million dollars but we really pulled back on the asking after the first couple days I think one of the one of the things that that attracts so many people to to Alan and Nathan in particular is just their 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 generous nature and and their the, you know how appreciative of their fans they are. Like I said, they don't yeah. want to ask for more more money than they need. Yeah, they're very sensitive. They're they're they they're so respectful of the fans and they know them. They know them well and they don't do anything that would be deemed um, poorly towards the fans. They were very, 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 very sensitive to that. And I can respect that. It's important and it's paid off for them in the long run. It feels a little like a, like a protective parent. Yeah, very much so. Well, with that, it's interesting that Ray Nearly, the main character in Conman, is so opposite of those same sentiments. Is he going to, are we going to see some character development or um, where is he headed with regard to the fans? Well, obviously it's going to, it's going to come back around. You know, if you notice right now, every time Ray does something that is deemed negative towards the fans, it comes back and bites them in the ass. And, and you know, that, that character's going to evolve to, to the point where when he doesn't have the fan love anymore, and he's 
you know, he's going to miss that and he's going to try to get it back. And once he comes to terms with it, though, and he's, you know, he's, he's the way he should be, well, that would technically be the end of the series. So we've got it all, we've got it all mapped out for the next four seasons. Um, it's just a matter of getting those made now. Did, did if you, you could see our faces right now, four, four seasons? seasons? Four wow. seasons, but I need four seasons worth of money to get those made. So we're talking to different people um, about how that could happen. So there's a few partners that we're talking to. But Are you still thinking? Just, what? I, I know that in an interview you mentioned TV as a possible venue for the next season. Is that still on the table? You know, I would like to. And we are talking to some TV people. Um, again, we're running into the same things about, you know, oh, I, I don't get it. It's too, it's too small, narrow of, too narrow of comedy. It's, it's only for certain people kind of vibe. And the funny thing is that the feedback that I get from uh, 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 people that may not be in the science fiction world, that like they, they can relate to Ray. They get the comedy. That, they're like Ray doesn't. It's, it's not necessarily about him being a disgruntled science fiction actor. It's anybody who doesn't realize what value they have in something that's right in front of them. Whether it's a, it's a father who doesn't appreciate how great his family is, or a guy that doesn't appreciate how good his job is. I mean, it's it's just that grass is always greener on the other side kind of story, and that's it. That's really an everyman story. It has nothing to do with science fiction or geekdom or any of those. It's to me, Ray's Ray's want is very universal. So um, you know that those the ones that we're talking to, the ones we're negotiating with right now um, in in that TV world, they get that. They understand. They see just how big uh, his Ray's world is, and the consumer is universal. It's just the setting is specific, but that can be said of a lot of comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree that it's universal. Though I'd be surprised. I was a little surprised to hear that people don't get it when you've got the show like Big Bang Theory is one of the the number one rated shows in the country. You know, I would I would think that would have helped open some some people's minds a little bit. You would think that, but Hollywood is one of those worlds where you cannot figure stuff out, and you there is no logic. I mean, your piece could have been in front of somebody in a day where they were in a bad mood and they, you know, when it hits a chord and then it gets dismissed or you could be all the way in there going right through your green light and all of a sudden the executive that's in charge of your project gets fired and the guy that comes in just wipes everything that that guy had out the door. There's no logic in this town and it's, and I swear to God, nine tenths of it's luck. So it's, you know, it's just keep going and, and knocking on the right doors and, uh, with the, the great thing about Con Man is we have a fan base. We could go back to the fans, but I, there's not a lot of uh, desire to do that at the moment. Um, is we already got so much from them, it feels a little ingenuous, disingenuous. But uh, we also have, you know, so we've got the comic book, and we've got the book, and we've got the game, and you know, we'll let, let this whole world expand out, and people will just really see how great it is, and how big it is, and how you know, Con Man's here to stay. That's fantastic. So, PJ, how do you feel about having become one of the faces people most closely associate with Con Man? When I read that in my notes about these top topics that could be discussed, I was like, really? When did that happen? <laughs> well, most notably, everybody seems to love your hair. Uh, I get that with my hair. My hair is a, is a very, it's a tragic story, really. 
Um, <laughs> Doesn't look tragic. It looks amazing every when time. I was a, when I was a kid, um, I, I grew up in a pretty strict family, and my mom and dad, and I grew up in the 70s, so short hair was not a thing. And uh, my parents made me get short haircuts all the time, and it would drive me nuts. And I'd walk up to the street to the barber, and my dad's best friend was the barber, and I would tell him, I'm going to look at him, I'm trying to grow a long teeth, just a little tiny trim, and I would come to the buzzer, <laughs> and I would find out that my mom would call ahead to the barber and tell, tell him how to cut my hair, no matter what I said, I kept that same damn haircut. <laughs> oh. so, I, so once I moved out, I refused, I let my hair grow long, and I and I made a movie once, and I and I I was I let it grow really long then, and I was like, I'll, I'll cut it when I sell the movie. And I sold the movie, and then I was still I just let it grow. So for the longest time, I had super long hair. And then uh, I never forget what time I was at Nathan's house, and we were somebody was making fun of my hair. We were talking about my hair, and Nathan said some comment like, "Cut your hair, act your age." And I was <laughs> like, "What? Why does the length of my hair got to do with my age?" And then I looked at my hair, and I'm like, "I." So I uh, so I, I cut it and uh, but it's it's sensitive to me it's just it's got it's yeah it's got to be perfect or I don't leave the house <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a sore spot with me and my little daughter my little my little five year old Billy she knows it and she'll sit on my on my on my lap and when I'm not looking she'll put her hand up to my hair really slowly. And then she goes, give us your hair. And she sticks her hand in my hair and mess me up. Nice, nice. Yeah, so there's the story of my hair. <laughs> so out of curiosity, just, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of all a lot of um various things that happened to, to poor Ray at conventions. Um how much of that did you guys take from real experiences that other Nathan or, or, or Alan had and how much of that did you guys come up with just kind of on your own? You, you guys obviously did the cons, right? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh buddy. So, you know, there's so many stories at cons and so many little tidbits and information and everything that you see in con man started from a kernel, a nugget of fact of truth. And then, you know, like any fiction, you take that and you extrapolate on it and you, or you flip it and you blow it up and, you know, and then you, you find the humor in it and then you keep painting that. So, you know, it was, Alan did show up once in Atlanta to a convention and it was, it was a dull convention that was there at the same time as a science fiction convention. Uh, and he had a conversation with Will Wheaton about those dolls and, and, you know, and out of that, day came Dollface, you know, which is episodes five, six, seven. Uh, you know, the stall thing happened, but it was at a urinal. You know, so everything that happened in Conman, oh. everything that happened in the Conman season one came from some moment in Alan and Nathan's experience at Cons. That's hilarious. Wait, so um, one of the recurring themes, especially in the Dollface episodes, is Jason Momoa's name being dropped. Can we expect to see him at a future time? He was supposed to be in Con Man 1. And oh. he, was all, he was all ready to do it and agreed to it. He was going to play Milo's role. 
and uh, he was all ready to go. And uh, literally the day before he the 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 he got the new boards for I think it was Magnificent Seven, and uh, they came over on our date, and we were already booked and ready to go. And uh, and and Milo asked, did Milo ask if he can have that role? Milo had a different role, and then. And then he moved over to that role. So, you know, that worked out. It worked out in that sense. But then we just kept making the Jason Momoa jokes everywhere. You know, kind of a dig at him <laughs> because he couldn't make it. Nice, nice. Yeah, because Milo did a pretty darn good job at his little role. Oh, yeah, he was awesome in it. He was just, he was fantastic. He was a good guy, too. We had lots of fun with him. And that was his motorcycle. He just showed oh, up on, nice. on awesome. set uh, with his motorcycle. And, and we just worked it in. So it was a very open, uh, very uh, creative set. Everybody could put, you know, add their input. And it went straight to Alan. If you liked it, it got, it got put in. You got a lot of actors that are recognizable, but not always for necessarily science fiction. Um, the one that surprised me the most was Kevin Graveau. Um I, I love him. I love all of the stuff that he, I, I Frankenstein, of course, all of the underworld. I mean, I grew up with that. So I was really surprised to see him in economy. And how did you get, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that you're connected, although to quote Nathan Fillion's character, all famous people don't know all other famous people, but did you just like go calling people and say, Hey, you want to be in this web series we're doing? Alan handpicked everybody that's in there based on their acting ability. Wow. Everybody that's in there is because Alan thinks they're great actors. So, you know, a lot of the, we, had, we went down the list sometimes because of schedules and stuff, but everybody's there because Alan admires their acting ability. So uh, they're all handpicked. Nobody was just, you know, taken because or when I mean, they didn't cast, we had, there was no casting anywhere. But the core group of us, you know, it's, we hang out together. So it's, you know, it's basically, you're just asking your friends to be involved. So that, that part that part was kind of easy. Um, Kevin's story, I'm trying to remember, I only worked with Kevin on something or, or knew him from somewhere. I, I don't remember, was it was a video game? I can't remember the story. Alan, Alan would have that story better, how he knows uh, how, how Kevin came about. You should send Alan our way. <laughs> we can ask him ourselves. This is kind of my way. I need it. <laughs> well, apparently, you'll see him in what a half an hour. Well, I call, call him. Out. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I have a, I have a question, and I think uh, as the as the girl on this panel here, I can ask: Is Gina Torres as stunningly beautiful in real life as she is on the show? More so. That's a weird thing. It's just more so like you stand in front of her, she's just unbelievably beautiful and so nice and it's just just stunning. I just floored. Just floored. We uh we went to her house uh to shoot a a, a the promo part where she's in the pool. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was actually I think I think that was the first time I had actually met her. Because I had known lots of the other cast, but I had never had the opportunity to meet her. And uh, I think that was the first time I met her. And I was like, wow, my God, you are beautiful. Just a beautiful aura. You know, it's just it's crazy. I think that's my actually my favorite part of the promo. Um, and, she's, and, you know, she's, she plays such a great straight man. 
It was. It was. And then her, uh, uh, oh my God, her husband's name is drawing a blank right now to me. That's awful. Um, uh, Fishburne, Lawrence. And uh, I met Lawrence at the, the one we shot uh, for that day in the pool. Oh my God, that man is has a presence. Oh, just sure. Cr- just crazy, crazy amount of presence that that man has. Totally intimidating, sweetest, sweetest guy on the planet, but holy crap. He was, he was like, he has a presence, insane presence. Wow. They must be an amazing power couple. Yeah. Obviously the, you know, the show is fairly closely associated with Firefly. Both, I mean, you know, obviously Alan and, and Nathan are both obviously from that and Spectrum is kind of a, a parody, a parody, but a, a comparable substitute for, for Firefly. In the future, are you guys going to kind of stay with that close connection to Firefly or are you guys going to kind of move off and do do something a little different with it? You know, because the, all the books aren't written yet and we just know really where the first one goes, it's hard to say. Definitely the world is going to be bigger uh, than Firefly's world. So as we finish, you know, the four novels, it'll be interesting to see where we go with it. Um, how it how it will play out in the show, uh, there will always be a, you know, the Firefly connection uh, simply because of, of Nathan and Alan. But are, are you thinking storyline or, or, or what, are you, what are you thinking with the parallel? I was just thinking in general, like how it relates to Con Man, you know, Ray's relationship to Spectrum versus like Alan and Nathan's relationship to, to, to Firefly and to Serenity. And there, I mean, there's also some references in to some of the cast members. Like, there's the obvious stand-in for Adam Baldwin, or yeah, Adam Baldwin, yeah. and um, you know, the the same number of cast members, the same um, sort of dispersion of roles across cast members, and that kind of thing. Oh yeah, we did that. It was all done on purpose, I and mean, that was definitely a nod to that that part of the world. Um, but we also, you know, do nods to different. Um, you know, the whole phone scene with, you know, about the Cylons from Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all of that, all of that. But where it goes, you know, you know, the next season we talk about the movie, you know, and, and there was uh, Serenity. So maybe there's some parallels there. But, you know, we I think we've done the strongest parallels in season one. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and I do love the fact that, that, uh, Firefly and Serenity also exist in, in this universe as, yes. as demonstrated by Sean Marr. Yeah, that so was, that, gives that, us license, that gives us license to go elsewhere as well because we do talk about Firefly and Serenity in combat too more. Is, do you have a particular, a favorite moment from, from Con Man? The, the, I, it was, I found that scene when I first time I ever read the scripts and that was the whole uh, doll-faced episode, the whole uh, episodes five, six, seven with the doll. Uh, that was laugh out loud, script <laughs> reading. And then the, the 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 third one with the with all the uh, in voiceover with all the you know the game and recording. That actually played out much funnier on film than it did on the scripts for me. And it that. The first episode, which is uh, would be uh, eight, eight. I love episode eight. 
you know, with the with Milo and and uh, and uh, Nolan Norris and Alan Mackle doing the the voiceover for the video game. I love that. I love it that. It was hilarious. That was yeah. probably my favorite episode, actually. Yeah, uh, what, yeah. what was up with the awkward kiss? Speaking of the uh, the doll face, that just that just came up on set. Alan thought, wouldn't it be funnier if like she didn't kiss right, or if, like she always gave him the cheek, and he's confused where it's going but it's but it turns her on immensely and he just thought of that literally before they started shooting and went with it yeah the, the whole <laughs> it's happening yeah. <laughs> it's like well, okay <laughs> just roll with that weird weirdly awkward <laughs> Uh, I guess it made the audience feel exactly the way Alan, or Ray, rather, <laughs> felt. It was, I don't know, a stroke of genius, but still very strange. Yeah, it was good. It was great. It was super great. She's awesome. She's just so good. Beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Speaking of beautiful women, who knows, uh, what's her name, Allison Hayslip. I wasn't expecting to see her anywhere uh, since she, what, Attack of the Show on G4 went defunct, the whole channel. Yeah, she did great. She she really saved us. She really saved us and came in at the last second because her role had been cast by another uh, person who had a, a family tragedy literally, literally 36 hours before we were about to shoot the scene. Oh, wow. So uh, Allison stepped in and just took care of everything over the weekend and really helped us out. So we really... We really owe her a debt of, of saving that because we had our, one of our main lead girls was gone, so it's not available to us. And we were shooting first day of Prince Photography in 36 hours, and I was in Phoenix shooting a con, and, and Nathan and Alan were in Dallas, and we were all locked and loaded, ready to go when that happened. And just before that, we lost Jason Momoa, so it, 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 it was really nutty that a couple days before we started shooting. Oof. Well, she did a great job. Thanks. All right, PJ, well, I want to thank you again for coming on. We had a, had a really great conversation. We really enjoyed having you. Uh, we look forward to uh, the Conman comics and novels, the game, and, of course, you know, season two when, when we get it. Oh, great. Well, I really appreciate you guys calling me and having me on anytime. Just give me a shout. That's awesome. fantastic. Yeah, we, we, may, we may be taking you up on that. Awesome. Well, I'm here, guys. I appreciate it so much. Well, thank you very much for coming on. All right. Yeah, thanks, PJ. All right. Bye-bye. Well, folks, if you like what we do, make sure you head on over to thereforeageek.com. You can check us out on facebook.com slash thereforeageek. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter as thereforeageek. Tracy is at Merry Eyes. And you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you rate us, leave us a review. So once again... I'm Andrew. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kurt. And you have been listening to Therefore I Geek.